This is Marriage to the Max, episode number 149. Welcome to another episode of Marriage to the Max. I'm your host, Kelly Hurst. And this is Brett Hurst. And we are marriage educators and co-founders of Home Encouragement. And this podcast is designed to help you take your marriage to the next level. Well, I'm really excited about that. Good. Well, today's episode is called Three Types of Relationship Fights. Three types? Three types Three basic types. Are we limited to those three types? No, but they're kind of a good framework. All right. We've talked a lot, Brett, about conflict on this podcast. Indeed we have. We've talked about what couples typically fight about, how to do conflict better, et cetera, et cetera. Well, today's topic is an idea from Esther Perel, who we've quoted quite a bit on this podcast. And I think this will help us to dig even deeper into ways that we can fight more productively because it's not that we won't fight, but we got to learn how to do it well. Well, I'm all for that. Well, Esther Perel, as well as other marriage experts will say that when a couple argues over, say, dirty dishes in the sink or any other seemingly insignificant thing, they're really arguing over something much deeper that most of us are not always in touch with. So shall we unpack I am ready to go. Okay. Well, for our listeners, if you've been married for more than 10 minutes, you have had this experience. What experience? Your partner does something that should be a slight irritant, but instead you become very upset or even over the top angry. I know that when this happens to me personally, it's like I've got two voices in my brain. One voice is telling me that I am totally justified in my response. And the other voice is asking me like, why are you freaking out over this? It's really not that big of a deal. You sure that's not my voice in your head? (laughs) (laughs) Because you're Mr. Logical. No, 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 no. (laughs) More times than not, there is a bigger issue that we are reacting to. So we are being triggered. I kind of hate to use that word because I feel like that word has been so overused in society lately. Triggered? Yeah, triggered. We even did a podcast episode on triggers. How about um, that? <laughs> <laughs> you know, so I don't I don't always want to use the word trigger, but it's just the only word I can kind of think of right now. Our buttons get pushed. Yeah, well, I mean, I, it's valid. Yeah, and so we've all had that moment. I, I think everyone can relate to that. But it's not about the dirty dishes in the sink. It's something else that really is going on. So are you ready to talk about the three types? Still ready. All right. There are three basic hidden dimensions underlying most relationship fights, and they start with the first one, power and control. Mm, Yes. So fights about power and control might sound like this. You undermine me in front of the kids. Mm, That's not good. Because I don't make as much money as you do, I feel like I need to check with you before I buy anything. Mm -hmm. Or we only have sex when you want to. Mm. Mm. Those are... Mm. (laughs) Mm. (laughs) 
It's not about <laughs> sex. It's not about the kids. It's not about money. It's about power and control. Gotcha. And I think this is pretty common, pretty universal with the couples that we work with and sit with. You know, these aren't uncommon things that they're arguing about. So they're very common. Yeah. You know, we've talked even on the podcast many times about the couples who have differing libidos. Uh And maybe one person wants sex a lot more often than the other person needs it. Uh And we've talked about how the person with the lower libido has the sexual power in the relationship because the power of no is, you know... It stops the train. Pretty powerful. Yeah. And so we've got to be careful and sensitive, you know, if we're that person in the relationship. So the power and control element, I think where that comes into play is couples who are not actively talking about equality Uh in the marriage. You know, do we have the same equal voice? Do we both get a vote? Do we both count? Yeah. I mean, that's certainly important. I think even more important is the concept of respect. For sure. You know? Yeah, which we're going to tackle in just a minute. But right. yeah, that that power and control, when someone feels like the other person always gets their way. Uh-huh. Because they make more money or mm-hmm. they have the power of no in sex or whatever. Yeah. Right. I think, Brett, when you and I were younger and, you know, because- I remember that. When we got married, I was very young and you were a little bit young. <laughs> <laughs> I was also young. <laughs> I was 20. You were- Turning 26. I was 25. You were turning 26. Um, 25. But I, but at the, but 20 and 26 are very different ages in terms of just life experience. True. We've talked before about how we kind of had that big brother, kid, sister element vibe going on for a while. And because I thought of you as being just very smart. I remember those days. (laughs) I still think you're smart. But when I was really young, a baby, I thought you were really smart. (laughs) A a baby, no less. (laughs) But I remember... Pacifier and everything. I I do remember the power and control element being very present in our early relationship. Uh, You felt that way. Yeah, because I really did feel like you kind of had the power and control because you were older and more experienced. Right. And smarter. <laughs> Please continue. <laughs> okay. I think we're done with power and control. Let's move on. The second one is the fights about care and closeness. Uh-huh. Right. So fights about care and closeness might sound like, you know, why can't you just support me when I'm anxious? Mm-hmm. I'm always the one who calls you. You never call or text me. Seems to be an, an unbalanced dynamic. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, why don't we spend time together, just the two of us? Uh-huh. You know, those are kind of complaints or arguments that center around the care and the closeness element. Right. You were talking earlier about the difference in libido, you know, in the sexual realm. This is more a difference of emotional neediness sometimes, mm-hmm. or, or it might not even be that. It just may be how people's differing temperaments, you know, how do you like to spend your time? Do you, yeah. do you want a lot of alone time, a lot of quiet time, a lot of me time or, you know, whatever, mm-hmm. or, or is that not important to you? You prefer to be with your spouse. Yeah. I think that element of being connected falls into this care and closeness thing right. because there are some individuals who want to be connected 
more to their spouse than the other person. Right. Like that last thing I said, you know, or the one before that, I'm always the one who calls you. You never call or text me. Uh We've done a podcast episode about one person being the pursuer and the other person being the distancer. Right. Which doesn't mean the two spouses don't love each other equally. Mm -hmm. There's just a little bit of a different intent. Yeah. I remember in high school, I had a lot of close friends, but my two best, best friends, we were kind of the three musketeers, were Terry and Michelle. And I remember them pulling me aside one time between classes and going, we've got a bone to pick with you. And I was like, what? And they said, we're, we realize that we're the ones who always call you. You never call us. And I was like, really? I really hadn't realized it, but they were. They were always the initiator. Huh. I should and- probably call them and say... <laughs> I've got your back. <laughs> and I remember, A, that being just a moment of, wow, I guess I don't really do the calling because I could always rely on them to do the calling. Uh-huh. So they were kind of the pursuer. I was kind of the distancer, but they had to call me out on that. And it, it, and sometimes couples do that as well, you know? Right. I, I call you from work, but you never call me at work, that kind of thing. But it's that idea of how connected do I want to be and how connected does my spouse need to be? Right. Because those can be very different things. Yeah. And like we've been saying, it's not necessarily a personal thing. It's just a difference in temperament. It's a difference in mm-hmm. emotional. It's, it's, it's not even neediness necessarily. No. It's just, just. I mean, how, it can be. It could be, yes. But it's more typically just how you're wired. Yeah. I mean, some people just as introverts don't need to be as connected right. as they, you know, they're you're maybe def- their extroverted spouse. You're definitely in that camp. Yeah. We're working with a couple right now or, or recently who that's their pattern is it happens to be the husband who is very much the pursuer. The wife is the distancer. And the more he pursues, the more she distances. I mean, it's just this vicious cycle. Right. And so we're trying to sort of get them to, to recognize, you know, particularly him, that when he backs off a little bit, uh-huh. then that gives her space to come to him. Kind of opens know. up some more freedom. Yeah. So we've got power and control. Then we've got care and closeness. And then finally, respect and recognition. And I think this is what you were talking about earlier. Hey, Brett. that's what I was talking about. Yeah. Fights about respect and recognition might sound like you go out with your friends without even asking me what I'm doing Uh or which seems disrespectful perhaps yeah or I feel like I take an interest in your work but you seldom ask me about my work Mm -hmm. or I don't think you realize how much I do around the house Mm. this is around that noticing respect and recognition and this is very common yeah it is with couples too no, I uh, frequently will talk about the six general categories of conflict that show up in marriage, and they're mm-hmm. they're pretty predictable. If you asked any marriage educator what they were, they probably end up saying the the same six. But household chores mm-hmm. makes that list, and I always go, "Really, household chores?" But mm-hmm. people get divorced <laughs> over household <laughs> chores, and I think this is part of it: is that's the the lack of acknowledgement. It's not just how you clean the floor, I don't like how you do that, I do it this way. Mm-hmm. That's certainly some of that disagreement. But I yeah. think some of it is just not being appreciated, not being thanked, mm-hmm. not being noticed. 
for the work that that said person does around the house. Yeah, I think that's really important. You know, as we always say, they don't get divorced about the chores. They're getting divorced exactly. about the meaning they're assigning to the a behavior lot of that. around it. Yeah. yeah. In fact, I, I maybe we should do a podcast episode on that because I think there's so much to that. I remember this one couple several years ago, we were talking, they really had an issue around household chores. Mm-hmm. And in particular, so she was a stay-at-home mom, but I think she worked from home as well. And he worked outside of the house and and he had this real need, I mean, need to come home to a clean, minimal kind Uh, of house, no clutter. And it was causing her so much stress because she was like, I just sometimes can't get the house picked up and da, da, da. So we kind of broke it down. Felt like she was always failing the report card. So we kind of broke it down and we asked him like, why was there such an emotional connection to that? And he told the story of his being raised by a single mom who had to work two and three jobs. Right, right. It's very loaded. Yeah. He said, the truth is our our place was never cleaned because she didn't have time to clean. Uh And he said, I always just thought when I grew up, I want a space that's clean and clutter-free and everything. It it really was tied almost to his identity, Uh you know? Right. And once we sort of broke that down and we got the story going, then it was like, oh, okay, well, this isn't that he's just out to make his wife look bad. Right. You know, it was, there was a bigger element, you know, involved. Right. Well, it's always hard in these situations in the heat of the moment. Somebody's angry, somebody's upset. You have to remember they're usually upset or angry because they care so much about the issue at hand. Yeah. If they didn't care about you, then nothing you did would upset them probably. Exactly. (laughs) What's that line from Cheers that we always quote where Diane says, oh, Sam, hate isn't the opposite of love, indifference is. And he goes, well, I couldn't care less. (laughs) (laughs) The other thing that we typically do as human beings, a lot of us do this, is we assign meaning to every situation. Like everything is just super significant. Yeah, positive or negative, but let's just talk negative because we're talking about, you know, marriage conflict. We will often assign a meaning to something that our spouse does that irritates us or upsets us. Right, which is unfair. It's unfair, it's not helpful, and it's not always true. Right. In other words, sometimes dirty dishes in the sink are just dirty dishes in the sink. It happens. It's not necessarily that your spouse doesn't love you. (laughs) It could be just they just ran out of time. It's not a personal slight. Exactly. Yeah. Um, But still, I think it's good for couples, and we try to encourage couples to do this, to give voice to the story that they're telling themselves. Mm -hmm. You know, in our family, at our house, we'll sometimes say, okay, the story I'm telling myself is that you don't have fun around me or I mean, it could be anything, a million things. Recently, my daughter and I did that, Sarah and I did this. She had asked me to comment about something. I don't even remember what it was now. And I just, it left my brain. I forgot about it. Uh And the next morning she sent me a text that said, the story I'm telling myself is that you're upset with me about dot, dot, dot. And I went, oh, no, and I could quickly clarify, no, 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 I just forgot, you know, or whatever it was. So we got that clear. But if she hadn't said that, she might have stewed about that and right. and made it into something it was not. All of a sudden, it starts becoming an open, unresolved wound uh-huh. or something. And then lastly, what I'll say, and this kind of falls into the communication skills thing, is we're calling stuff, we've landed on this phrase with couples called closing the loop. Uh-huh. So, for example, if you're making plans to hang out with your friends tonight, close the loop by asking your spouse if the two of you can go out tomorrow night or the next weekend. Which is just basic, respectful communication. It is. It's just, 
If you don't have time to wash the dishes in the sink, close the loop by telling your spouse that you'll do them right after you get home from work. And again, it's not just basic respectful communication. It's also very pragmatic. It is. Relational skill. Because honestly. Life will, life will be better. So much. We have said so many times recently to couples, closing the loop is a communication skill that can cover a multitude of misunderstandings, which can later on help us avoid assigning the wrong meaning to a situation and yada, yada. I We, we have this one couple that we're working with where the closing the loop is the biggest chunk of their conflict. Uh-huh. It's because they just tend to operate without letting the other person know what's going on. Right. And so that's causing the other person to feel like they're unimportant or they don't matter or their opinion doesn't count or whatever. So it's causing bigger issues, but we're trying to encourage them. Think about closing that loop because you might cover a potential situation. No, I agree. Yeah, you don't want things hanging out there that can unnecessarily turn into issues or even grand yeah. failures. So power and control, we're reviewing power and control. Yes. Care and closeness. Yes. Respect and recognition. Yes. Couples will do well when they find themselves in those moments, the heat of the moments, and it's not easy to get your thoughts in line. I have the wherewithal to do that. Yeah. You have but to practice mo- it. You do. But the more you can... It's just so helpful mm-hmm. to process that kind of stuff with each other and with yourself. Yeah. So good, good episode. You uh, like it? Sure. Yeah, All like, right. Great job. Because I need some respect and recognition. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Well, just make sure you're closing the loop with your friends and your daughter and your husband. Well, if you would like to contact us, you can find us at marriagetothemax.org. Also, follow us on social media. And I would like to give a special thank you to Caleb Hurst for producing this episode. I like that guy. Well, thank y'all so much for listening today. And until next time, remember, healthy marriage, healthy world. God bless y'all. Bye.